Hello, everyone, and happy Tuesday to you. I didn't think I would be saying this, but let me welcome you to episode four of the COVID-19 special edition of the next podcast. Oh, y'all, I have tried to keep a schedule, and I've been doing okay, but I just I just got to admit, uh, being transparent here, recording the next podcast at 8 p.m. on Monday night just feels weird to me. But you know what? We're here, and uh, we're going to make the most of it. We're here to add value to your life today, and we hope that what you hear over the next few minutes encourages you and inspires you and motivates you to get better and keep growing into the next phase of who God has designed you to be. I'm really glad that you could join us again, and I'm really thankful that we have this medium to stay connected and stay in touch. And once again, I just want to applaud Nathan and the media team for everything that they're doing to make these podcasts possible. But I'm glad you're with us again. And and whether or not you're a regular Nexter and you're listening to this podcast on purpose or you got here completely by accident, look, I'm glad you're here. And we're all familiar with the situation. We know what's up by now. I'm not going to spend much time dwelling on our collective COVID-19 woes. But let me just tell you all, yesterday, after live streaming our Grace Church Easter service, and taking communion with my family in our living room, I went to Home Depot to pick up some materials that I needed to finish a few projects around the house, wearing an ear loop mask and latex gloves. It was just a surreal experience, and I'm sure you've all got similar stories. It's just weird. I'm over it. Like all of you, Coop's ready to get this corona stuff done and get back to real life. Look, let's get into our uh, a lesson today, but before we get into today's lesson, some of you very sweet people sent me some feedback via text and social media this past week on our recent installments of the next podcast, and I just want to say thank you. I appreciate each of you taking the time to let me know how these podcasts have impacted you personally, and that means more to me than you probably realize, so thanks for that. Now, Stuff Jesus said. Look, I thought that we were going to be done with this series by the end of March, um, and here we are, and it's the middle of April. We're not even close to being done with this series. First of all, Jesus said a lot of stuff. It's a pretty deep well, so it's not like we're going to run out of material anytime soon, and I can't see your faces to see, you know, like the glazed over look that I can recognize whenever you guys are done with a series. So, uh, it, it's, we've got, we've got time and, uh, it just seems like every week in this series, coronavirus or not, it's like I'm coming across one more thing Jesus said that challenges me in a new and unique way, or, um, just illuminates a truth in my life that I needed. And, And I want us to dive into some stuff Jesus said again. And as a lead-in, I want to remind you of our topic from last week. We looked at some powerful stuff Jesus said about serving others. At the Last Supper with his disciples, even with the knowledge of his own pending suffering and what was going to happen over the next 24 hours to him physically and mentally, emotionally, 
Jesus still took the time to serve those men when he washed their feet. And then he told them, I want you to do as I have done for you. Not necessarily just wash each other's feet all the time. What he meant was, I don't want you to be so preoccupied with your own mess, with your own problems, with your own crisis, that you neglect serving those around you. And I personally had such a powerful reminder of his service to me during our worship set of our live stream service uh, just this past Sunday, yesterday. Being Easter Sunday, our praise and worship team and our media teams collaborated as they often do and brought us a brought us this powerful worship experience. And it really impacted me this past Sunday as I stood in my living room with my family singing and worshiping. And I'll tell you guys where it happened. Uh, the praise team was singing, Oh, How Amazing. And uh, Michelle groaned in her husky, throaty, alto voice. Where you saw death, where I saw death, you saw life. Unscripted, right? Stay away from that coop. And the media team wove in scenes of uh, the scourging and crucifixion that came from the Bible miniseries from like 2013 or 2014. And at one point in one of the video clips, there was this image of a Roman soldier's hand holding this impossibly long nail against the crossed ankles of Jesus, about to drive that long spike into his feet and pin him to the cross. And the pain and the suffering and the sacrifice and the love captured in that image, who. It hit me hard, y'all, and all I could say was thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Just over and over. I, I had a real moment. I'm about to have another one right now. And of course, it being Easter, we've all been more conscious of the cross, the tomb, the resurrection, all of those images and the meanings behind them, and at, as we should be. But in keeping with those images and their import in this Easter season, I want to direct your attention to something Jesus said from the cross that has incredible meaning for us today. And it comes from John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. And it says, Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. Verse 30. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about what it meant when Jesus said, It is finished. There's a lot more going on in those three words than Jesus just saying, okay, I'm done, the suffering's over. Let's get into it. When Jesus said, it is finished, of course he didn't say it in English. He said it in Greek, more than likely, the common language of the time and culture. Now, in Greek, it was actually a single word, tetelestai. Say it. Tetelestai. Say it with me. Come on. Tetelestai. I know you by yourself. Feels kind of weird. Say it again. Tetelestai. If you've got a neighbor, look him in the eye right now. Tell him. 
to telestai. It was a very common word in ancient Greek society with multiple meanings, depending on who said it and the context in which it was said. When Jesus said this word to telestai on the cross, he was referring possibly to each of these meanings. Note takers, you know Jesus likes it when you take notes. I'm about to give you five meanings of tetelestai. So get ready, it's coming. The first meaning I want to get into, the first meaning of tetelestai was when it was used by servants and employees who would return to their master with news that they had finished an assigned task. You know, Jesus was the only person in history to ever finish everything he had on his plate before he died. In John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus told the disciples, he said, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus had a purpose. He had a mission, ultimately to redeem mankind from sin and make them right with God. And his death on the cross fulfilled that purpose. And it was not an easy task. And Jesus had to wrestle with the magnitude of it at times. We see that struggle and microcosm whenever Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prays under this great pressure for a different cup. If there's another way, Lord, let this let this cup pass from me if it was possible. And, it, and the scripture tells us that he sweated, as it were, great drops of blood. But in the end, he said, not my will. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When Jesus said to die, he was saying, it's done. I'm finished. I've done what you sent me to do. Mission accomplished. That's pretty awesome. But it gets better. The second meaning of tetelestai, it was also a legal term. Judges would use tetelestai to announce that a prisoner had completely served his prison time. Now, this meaning applies because Jesus made sure that justice had been served for our sin. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has appointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Watch this. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. That's great news, y'all. We aren't bound anymore. We aren't prisoners anymore. Jesus said it is finished, which means our sentence of death for sin is over. It's done. Thank you, Jesus. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. But it gets better. The third meaning of tetelestai was it was an accounting term, meaning that a debt had been paid in full. When Jesus said, it is finished, he was saying, I just completely paid their debt. Romans 6.23, y'all know this one, says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, that was a debt of sin that I could not pay, and you couldn't pay it either. My sin earned me death. Your sin earned you death. But you know what? Jesus stepped in and paid that price for us. Thank you, Jesus. He settled the sin debt that none of us could pay. Thank you, Jesus. That's pretty awesome. But it gets better. The fourth meaning of tetelestai was it was a religious term. 
priests often used the term when they offered a sacrifice to God to say the sacrifice has been made. Jesus' death on the cross was the sacrifice for our sin. Hebrews 9.22 says, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. But the scripture doesn't stop there because just a few verses later, it says, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, verse 28, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. Jesus was our sacrifice and he willingly shed his blood so that our sins could be taken away completely. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that's really awesome, but it gets better. Last one, and this is my personal favorite. The fifth meaning of tetelestai, of it is finished, was artists would use the term when painting a picture or completing a sculpture to denote their final stroke. Jesus sacrificed finished God's great masterpiece by making it possible for the pinnacle of his creation, us, to be redeemed from our sin. Check this out in Ephesians chapter two. Now the chapter starts off saying, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. That's, that's bad news. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Skipping down to verse four. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by his grace you have been saved. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now watch this next part. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, some translations read masterpiece. I like that better. For we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You. Yeah, you. Did you know that you are a masterpiece? God looks at you and sees you as an incredible work of art. And at one point in time in your life, you may have been disfigured and damaged by sin, but not anymore. Because Jesus said, Tetelestai, the masterpiece is finished. Tetelestai, the work is complete. Tetelestai, the final stroke has been applied and you are now made perfect and righteous in his eyes. Yes. Next is... That's really awesome. Okay, so Jason, that was a lot of meanings for one phrase, and you went through those really fast, and you threw in a lot of scripture to make it sound really Sunday schoolish. And I get that Jesus was saying a whole lot with just one word, but I mean, what's the takeaway? How do I make this practical in my life today, other than your tie-in with Easter? How, how does how does this apply to me today? So, in the last few minutes of our time together. Let's answer that question and make it real. Jesus said, it is finished, to die. And when he said that, 
He changed everything for you. That one single word makes your past, your present, and your future completely different. Because when Jesus said it is finished, you now have access to God. Jesus did everything that needed to be done for you on your behalf for you to be justified, accepted, redeemed, free, blameless, guiltless, and new. Because Jesus said it is finished. You don't just have life. You have abundant life. You don't just have peace. You have peace that passes understanding. You don't just have joy. Come on, you know, you have joy unspeakable. Jesus said so much with just that one word to tell us that we render it is finished. So let's bring this home real quick. Make it practical. And folks, there's no big punchline today. Just a request. I have a request for you. In light of what Jesus did on the cross, and considering that he has spoken to Telestai and everything that word means over you and your life, here's my request. Why don't you stop living like you have to earn his love and forgiveness and favor? And instead, why don't you approach everything that you have to do to, to everything that you have to do today like it's already finished? It's already done. The master stroke has already been applied to your life. You have him. You have you have Jesus. And you have everything that you need today. It's a game changer, y'all. Jesus wasn't playing when he said to tell us die. He wasn't playing around when he said, it's finished. All of those meanings apply to you and to your life today. And I want you to own it. I want you to live like it. And I want you to thank him for it. Let's pray on the way out. Lord, what a powerful image for us, of you hanging on a cross, beaten, bloody, scourged, exhausted, pierced in your hands and your feet. Such, a, uh, such an incredible and powerful and loving image. And I want to thank you for reminding me this past Sunday of what that probably looked like. But it doesn't, st it doesn't stop with just an image, Lord. You, you said, as you hung there in your, in your final moments of life with some of the last breath you had in you, you said it is finished. And you invoked all of these incredible meanings of that word over my life and over the life of every person listening to this podcast today. And I just want to say thank you. Or because you said it is finished, I don't have to earn 
a single thing because you gave a gift. Lord, and I want to live like that today. Lord, whatever I've got to do today, whatever, whatever tasks are in front of me, if it's work, if it's projects at home, Lord, if it's, if it's things that I've needed to get done for a while that I've procrastinated, Lord, if it's having some type of difficult conversation with someone, whatever task is in front of me, whatever things are weighing on me today, I can approach all of those with the knowledge, Lord, that you've already finished the ultimate work. I'm not trying to earn your love or approval, but I walk in it every single day. What a powerful truth. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking. It is finished over my life and over the life of every person listening in today. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Folks, I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.